You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. Timmy is for you. Double, double. Double, double. That's the only way to drink it. Hey, I don't know if I showed you, but um, today I went and got a Tim Hortons and I'm sitting there drinking it and I look out the window and the license plate of the car looking at me is double, double. Oh, really? DBL, wow. DBL. Yeah. I said, that's the Canadian way right there. Well, you know, a Tim Hortons in Canada is better than in the U.S. It is. It and is. I think it has something to do with Canadian cream is 18% or yeah, something, 18, and U.S. cream is like 10, 11? 10. 10? Yeah. So that's why uh, Tim Hortons is is it's it's yeah. a quintessential Canadian necessity. Now, if you get a triple-double in the States, it's pretty close. It's it, pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. I got an X-Large triple-double yeah. today, and it was a beautiful experience. Yes, and also, if you get the K-Cups and put with that the International Creamers... If you do the sweet cream, the oh, Italian sweet oh. cream, or the Cold Stone sweet cream, oh. pretty close. Yeah, I'd say Cold pretty Stone close. especially. Yeah, and yeah. in Canada, they have a double-double mix. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, for us. So. What have I know. missed? It's you, been oh, three years. You need to get back. Uh, I'm back. I can tell I'm you. Back. You're, shriveling. you're shriveling as a man. You're shriveling for Tim Hortons. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get you a, a donut. Oh, boy. Sour cream glazed. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm going apple fritter myself. Oh, yeah. That's... Or the fruit explosion muffin. Ooh. Man. Yeah. So much Tim's has Good to times. offer. I know. Good times. Good times. <laughs> hey, listen. On Monday, we talked about a, a story that you've got to share um, about going to the hospital during COVID. You, you saw some things that the average person did not see. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Here in Canada, we had some terrible things happen. Um, but from what I saw, it, it seemed rather mild. And, you know, the news is telling us, you know, tens of thousands of people are dying. I, I didn't know anybody that died. And if I, I traveled across churches in the United States and maybe one older person, people with, you know, existing problems... But you you saw some other things. Tell tell our listeners about that a little bit. Okay. Well, uh, the, the, you know, COVID was a rough experience, and and obviously many of us had it. Uh, my wife and I uh, both had it um, early on. We didn't even know what it was yet. Mm -hmm. I was sick in bed for three weeks. Um, terrible respiratory illness. It, it was just horrific, and a lot of our church people had it, and. I had canceled two Sundays in February, and we were just hearing what this COVID thing was. Well, I've been a hospital chaplain for many years, Spectrum Healthcare, uh, Northern Michigan. And so the hospital I worked at, um, you know, all of a sudden we had to wear a mask, which was not incredibly unusual during influenza season right. when we would visit patients or patients who were communicable. But then... Uh, we began to have COVID deaths. And for people who, you know, were saying, yeah, it's COVID, it's a joke, it's not real, it's not going to happen. Um, 
in in a couple of months in 2021, we were especially hit hard in our small communities, and we lost some community leaders. We lost uh, elected officials. We lost um, young parents. Mm -hmm. um, I lost no one in our church. Thank the Lord. Yeah. And probably 75% of the church had it at least once, and um, and it was it was it was a, a challenge, but. I remember one night, and it was very cold, uh, winter night, um, late winter, 2021. And I had been called to the hospital because of uh, an impending COVID death. So I came, and at the hospital, um, when I come into the CCU, we would have to put on all the PPE gear, which you had to wear a gown, you had to glove, you had to sterilize. And then you had to put on what really looked like an alien mm -hmm. getup. It was mm -hmm. actually kind of intimidating, I felt. Yeah. And 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 that, that but was we had to wear your head. Yeah, your yeah, head. yeah. And then you had a breathing apparatus that you mm -hmm. were wearing that was was um, cleaning the air. And so the the nurses put that on me, and and so I went into the room, and no patients, visitors, no family was allowed. Right. I had uh, a a physician and a nurse and I had a family that was down in the parking lot and they were waiting and it was below zero and uh, I had gone down and spoken to them and, and told them that we would use some kind of a signal and I really don't want to describe that right. because it was something private that right. they had sure. but I told them I said okay we'll we'll do the signals and we'll work it that way and so I was up in the room and this happened more than once, but especially when, when the patient was was pulling off my PPE gear, and I, I really did let them remove it. And they were holding me, and they were crying while they were dying. And and I, I the description of it would be unbelievable, you know, in the medical terms right. alone. Right. But I have someone who then is slipping away into eternity and they're referring to me as their loved one mm -hmm. and I was the only one there and I've got a nurse standing on the other side of the bed who is just broken-hearted sobbing and I notice my physician um, and he also is quite emotional and I didn't know what to do so I just I just played the role right and I, I, I prayed with them. I told them John 3.16. I told them Jesus loved them. I, I told them how important it was to know him as their Savior. And as they were gasping their last breaths, they believed that I was their loved one. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to the window, and I had to communicate with the family. And then I rushed down because the family was just overtaken with grief in the parking lot. And that that scenario played out many, many times as a chaplain with, and we had no, you know, there was no mental health support system. There was no, and, and it, you know, it did, it did affect us. I mean, I remember even my wife saying, 
if two or three nights a week of this and and she i remember a couple times saying this is this is beginning to affect you mm-hmm. and and i remember getting some counseling from a couple of 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 ministers uh, good friends personal but mm-hmm. but i i can't disclose that but just in confidentiality just sitting with them and and talking about these things and you know it's it's hard to believe that's been a year and a half ago and I still remember that like it was Mm. wow last night because it was so meaningful and I remember one of the Navy chaplains even uh you know sitting with me for a couple of extended periods of of talking through this because it was a big challenge and And it was it was not you know I've seen I've seen many many people pass away and I've been with them, but seeing it with COVID was was especially because it was such a cruel taskmaster you know right. it, it was there was nothing good about COVID and and it wasn't a natural death because of 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 the nature of the the disease right. but God God sustained us and um, there there were some pretty pretty bleak times through that Mm -hmm. but you know i look back at that and i realized that they had somebody with them at least yeah tell them what the tell them what the doctor said oh yeah i had a i had a uh i think it was in the er a physician who was who was overcome with emotion one night i you know i had i for about a year i was doing i felt i was doing more with the staff and the pool of of medical professionals than I was with patients. And when I would go to the hospital, I would have four or five nurses at a time, hey, can we talk to you? And it would be uh, physicians doing the same thing. And I had a a doctor who was very emotional and um, not not old at all either. I'm I'm saying probably Mm mid-30s. And um, I happen to know that, that he was still serving and and he told me he said chaps uh, re- referring to me right. as a chaplain because right. he knew I was right and he said chaps he said I didn't train for this man and I said doc I said look I said all we can do is the best we can we go home and love our loved ones and we come back swinging the next day that's what we do mm-hmm. and he said but doc he said I spent time in Afghanistan I treated wounded soldiers on the line he said I did not train for this and I, I, I just remember telling him that those were the two things that we kept telling the staff. You know, we do our best, we go home, we love our loved ones, and we come back because we help people. But then I learned through some of this about compassion fatigue. And, you know, maybe sometime I'll do something for that, maybe with pastors. I would love yeah. to do that, uh, yeah. just a session on, not because of the mental health stuff. I, mm-hmm. I get psychology but the Bible has a lot to say about that, yeah. and um, and that that was big. That was big learning experience for me. That that was like its own college degree of of learning to to be with with professionals in that. Yeah, and they may never come to my church. They may never listen to my live stream. They may never do. But they the the ministry of presence that I had among them, I feel was really important and. There were times I would leave Gospels of John sitting on a table or something, and mm. you know whether they take them or not, that's up to them. But right. we certainly tried to make the gospel available to people. Yeah, and I did have a couple of people get saved yeah. that were dying. Wow. Um, that that I still remember praying and asking Jesus to save them, and then telling me to go home 
and they said, I'll see you in the morning. And in both cases, I'm still waiting because that morning will come when, yeah. when the Savior returns because they passed that night. Yeah. I love Tim Hortons. You love Tim Hortons. Yeah. I, I loved Roy Thompson. You oh, love Roy Thompson. Doc Thompson was my mentor. Doc Thompson, I, I, I know he was my friend, but Doc Thompson was a hero to me. Um, you and I, I guess, are old enough. We're kind of that older generation that still had heroes, mm-hmm. uh, sports heroes, people like that. Yeah. Um, I love Nolan Ryan. He was a great yeah. baseball player, my favorite yeah. my favorite athlete. Um, Doc Thompson, I, I got to know Doc Thompson because I was an assistant pastor at Calvary Baptist in Ypsilanti, and I had made friends with John Rausch. Yes. And John Rausch had grown up at Cleveland. His mm-hmm. dad, Paul, was a music director there. Yes. And through John, I was able to meet uh, a guy, the school principal named Bruce Witzke. Right. Loser. <laughs> and uh, one of my <laughs> one of my dear dear friends, I wish we had more opportunity to be together. But uh, I went down and preached, and I still remember uh, one of the, I think he was a seventh grader who was there, uh, was who is now Pastor P. Folger, right. was sitting there in, in those chapel services. And I got to go back almost every year and mm-hmm. preach in chapel. And then it developed into preaching a church service and then preaching at a youth conference. And, and that was so fun. But I think that's how we met. And that was because your wife and Bruce Whitsky's wife are sisters. Right. So, yeah. So Bruce Whitsky's my brother-in-law. His wife is Ruthie's sister. And Joyce, after she'd heard you preach, said, she called me. And she never calls me. <laughs> and she said, hey, you got to meet Dave Hansen. Oh, boy. I said, who's he? And she goes, oh, you guys would have a great time together. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have. She yeah. said, you're nuts. He's a little more nuts. <laughs> and I said, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. So I called you. Yeah. And uh, I uh-huh. said, is this Dave? Yeah, yep. Dave Hansen. I uh-huh. said, uh, I said, I'm Al Stone. I'm your, I'm your new best friend. <laughs> and it was yeah. on from there. Yeah, it sure and, was. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember the first time we actually okay, met. Okay, I came to Saint. I came to Saint Thomas. You were living right by the church, mm-hmm. the two, wow. the second house over. Yeah, and we literally pulled into the yard, and I think Kayla, Nate, and Allison were out front, and yeah. of course I had Lauren, David, and Lindsay, yeah. and Ann with me, and it was fall. I think I was. I think it was speaking for one of your anniversary yeah. days. Yeah, it was. It was like your October. 15th or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so uh, I got out of the car, and I remember we still looked at each other, and you said, Dave Hansen, and I looked at you and said, Al Stone, and that was it. That was it. Yeah, and we've been crazy ever since. Yeah. yeah. And our wives our wives have enjoyed fellowship with each oh, other. Yeah. Ann loves Ruth. And, oh, yeah. And of course, the kids, the kids all, yeah, they were all crazy together. Yeah. And and it was, uh, let's see, um, remember Doc Thompson used yeah. to call David Bub. Bub. And he called Nate the nerd. Yeah. And of course, uh, Kayla and Lauren were kind of the same age. And then Allison was a little bit older than Lindsay. Yeah. Lindsay just kind of hung out with the kids. Who is AKA the bug. Yeah, the bug. Yeah, Lindsay now is on teaching faculty at Pensacola Christian College, doing a great job there. Lauren Lauren put something on Instagram today. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't. But your grandson got the bug award. Oh, he did get the bug award. Yeah. Being unusually good. Yeah. Well, I said that, that's very fitting that he got the bug award. <laughs> You know, knowing that he, his aunt he was speaks the bug. to Aunt, he talks to Aunt Lindsay every day on Facetime. Wow! So yeah, and uh, they're very close, and 
and it's been a it's been a wonderful journey. You know, I tell you, you talk about small town. I thank God I was able to raise my children in a small town. Yeah, and um, and it was a great blessing to to be there. You know, watching my kids go to church and they loved going to church. They couldn't get enough of it. They wanted to be there. And you know what? I I I, I say this to God's glory, but they still like going to church. Yeah. And you live right next to the church like we did. I do. The church had 30 acres, yeah, and we got to live at the other end. The church built us a home, and and I was very grateful. I always have been. And, yeah, like you guys, we were both parsonaged. Yeah. And uh, we, we still are, and, and we love it there. Um, but that was our first time to meet, and, of course, it's been a... It's been a great journey, and we don't get to preach a lot together. We're often yeah. together, but yeah. I'm looking forward to preaching this weekend because yeah. we, we don't get to preach a lot together, except I think there was one time at Bible Baptist yeah. when Doc Thompson was there, yeah. and he was just fit to be tied. You guys are nuts, both of you. And we still remember a very private time that you and I had yeah. with a very difficult situation. Yeah. And I remember Doc Thompson locked us out of the house because I think we were having one of those syndromes of our grief had turned into laughter oh, temporarily. Oh, yeah. And it's one of my favorite things that we oh. really can't tell people. But no. Doc Thompson was so fit to be tied with us. And my wife and Ruth, I think oh. they loved the whole journey because oh. he was just so frustrated. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was just something that I think helped me through it because yeah. it was a, a very difficult situation very difficult yeah yeah and oh man we were crying we were laughing oh so yeah hard. it was great <laughs> very very hard and we're both I haven't thought about that in a while yeah oh yeah i haven't either so <laughs> I, I can hear it in my head i can hear it right now <laughs> oh wow you, your your famous yeah. line i'll never forget oh yeah <laughs> mike collin knows what we're talking about oh right yeah. Uh, yeah yeah mike uh, praise the lord yeah. yeah so some good times what's what's tough about pastoring in a smaller town that would maybe not be in a city Okay, city. sure. Um, okay, we, we talked about this in the last podcast. Yeah. So when when if you lose a family and, and somebody's kind of sideways and a little frustrated at something, and, you know, sadly, that, that's been the case. And, and for most of these cases, it's folk who just, you know, just got upset at something. And usually it's not fact. It's, it's usually 10% fact, 90% assumption. But in those cases, if they tell somebody in town, man, that spreads like wildfire. Oh, yeah. And, and now it's Facebook. Yeah, it's kind of like at the youth activity where, um, remember the bigger yeah. and better story yeah. where you tell the kid beside you, and by the time it gets yeah. to the other end, it's not the yeah. same story. And and that's a very difficult challenge of being in a small town. Number two is when you want to serve and do community service, some people have a hard time separating that. Um, but, but, you know, so be it, uh, you, you just, you just work with that. The other challenge of being in a small town is that you are limited. And, yeah. and again, I worked in a bigger churches and, and had, you know, bigger settings and God put me where I'm at and I'm delighted to be there. But there are times where that is a great challenge where you're thinking, Man, this would just be a budgeted item, you know, and and we have to raise money for this. Uh, I wish I wish people knew how many hundreds and hundreds of of Sunday nights or Wednesday nights that we would be praying, dear God, please let us pay the bills yes. this week. Let us yep. just survive. Yep. And 
I, I was at a meeting once of a, a large Christian university, and I, I just happened to go along because I got invited. I'm sitting at a table, and these are all graduates of this big university. And these guys are talking, and, and the one pastor, you know, we just had somebody give us a half million dollars, yeah. and we're building a gymnasium, and, and, and another, the guy beside him, an older lady in the church, bequeathed the church a quarter million dollars, and... And, and they're chuckling about this, and they're going around the table. And every one of them, there were six of us at the table, every one of them, and they're, they by the time it's fourth and fifth guy, you know, it's like, thank God for sugar daddies. Thank God yeah. for this. And so we came. they came to me, and they said, well, Dave, who's your sugar daddy? I didn't know what to say, and I just looked at him, and I said, well, gee, guys, I said, my church is sugar-free. We don't have any sugar daddies. Uh, yeah, we don't right. have anybody rich. Right. And I think it made them upset, but it's true. In, in a small town, you know, the people who have the money, oftentimes, if they come into the church, they want the church to use, they want to use the church right. or their money. I've not really ran into that. I've had a couple of people who walked in, threw down big gifts, and then left a year later because they didn't feel their needs were being met. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what to say about that because... Mm -hmm. James clearly said, you don't say to the rich guy in the fancy apparel, you sit up here and mm -hmm. say to the poor guy, you go sit over behind that footstool. And in a small town, we just are, you know, someone once said, what's the economy like? We live in a recession. Yeah. It's always a recession. Yeah, yeah it really is. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a time where it was, you know, just, hey, everything's going awesome. It's always a challenge. On top of that, you're in a vacation area. Yeah. So you have a good yeah. plus size in the summer. Yeah. And then winter. The town triple the 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 county triples its size, maybe maybe quadruples its size in the summer, from Memorial Day to about the end of August, Labor Day, uh, U.S. American Memorial and Labor Day, mm -hmm. and then it's it's over. And the, the you know the townspeople they like it because they can go to a restaurant and they know everyone. Right. Well, unfortunately, with COVID, that hasn't been the case for a couple of years. But um, it is true, you know, one of the, the, the challenges of, of that. But, you know, it's hard for me to go anywhere where I don't know people. Oh, yeah. And I often have people grab my elbow when I'm in a group and walk over. And, hey, preacher. They often refer to me as preacher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, and they'll say, or reverend. And they'll say, you know, I really, I really need you to pray for my wife. She's sick, and right. and, and those are very special moments. And um, and sadly, sometimes we 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 get asked to do funerals for folk too that way. But but we they still get the gospel, yeah. and and that's what you know. Whether they accept the Savior will be up to them. But mm -hmm. we sure try to give them the gospel. What do you think has been the most successful campaign you've had? Oh, uh, our church's friend day is a big day. Yeah. Um, when I first started there, I got the idea from a good friend of mine in Canton, Michigan, and Ray at his church had been doing friend days, so I, I decided to do one the first Sunday of November. Wow. We had eight inches of snow. Yeah. We had no friend day. Uh, it was trying to get plowed out. It was a mess. Yeah. So that one, I mean, we had a few visitors, but it was like, oh, brother, I can't do the first week in November, that's for sure. So I backed it up to uh, the third week of October, and we got three inches of snow. So now our friend day is usually the first Sunday of October, 
and we literally have even had snow for that. Yeah. But friend day has been a big a big day for us, and I would say the other big thing for us has been uh, vacation Bible school. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids in town. Um, I will often go into stores, and they're now adults, but kids who had gotten saved through the church, and they may not attend our church, they may not even be in church, but they still come up to me, Pastor Hanson, thank you so much. Um, it meant so much to me as a child. The other thing I would say is we started a GPS program. Uh, you did help, yes, and Pete Folger and them did Smite, right? And so uh, we started GPS. It's God's plan for salvation or go plant seed, mm-hmm. and it's just a little program. And we've helped a few other churches start it. It's a, just a little program, and I show guys how to do it. But that that's reached people. I even had a state trooper. Uh, and his wife came into our church from that. And uh, this year, what we're doing is uh, we purchase all the mailing lists, and we're doing 5,500 mailings because we have 5,500 boxes or, or, or mailing addresses. So we're making sure that all those people hear the gospel this year. Okay. So we've ramped that up. So every other Sunday night, we spend about 15 minutes. That's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And we send out about 250 or 300 cards wow. that have the church, live stream, you know, internet capability, all that. Yeah. Those have been great helps for the ministry. And um, I still think the best way for a church to grow, though, is when the members just invite people. People inviting people. Yeah, people I've, inviting people. I've said that many times. One-on-one. Yeah, and you go back to the New Testament. That's, right. That's how it started, right? Right, so, yeah. Awesome. Last question. Yep. If you could do anything over... In your 28 years of ministry there, what would you what would you redo? What would I redo? Um, there have been a couple times, and I'm sad to say it, that I took people back mm-hmm. who left, mm-hmm. and I should not have taken them back mm. because then later down the down the pike, then they did a lot of damage, right? Um, Doc Thompson taught me that, mm-hmm. but it was too late for, yeah. for my two situations. But I guess that's one thing I would do. Um, I guess another thing that I would do is, is um, just, you know, just, you know, be there for people. I, I've always tried to be accessible for them and tried to be there for them. But... I've learned through the years the pulpit can't be a place where you take out personal frustrations. Right. It's got to be a place where people get help. And um, I've tried never to do that because I had learned that from my college chancellor reminding us to never do that. But I don't know. You know, Al, I I just have tried to, tried to help people. And I learned that some people aren't going to be helped. And it was Doc Thompson, I think, who told me. Maybe it was you. Somebody told me there are people who walked away from Jesus, mm-hmm. and if he, and if they would walk away from him, even if Jesus was pastoring that church, they're still going right. to walk away. Right. And that was a very difficult thing for me because I love to enjoy and fellowship and 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 be a blessing and be blessed by people, and that was difficult. But but that you know if there was something I could do over it would be. Probably when when people when people cut ties and, and choose to sail, mm-hmm. just let them sail. And I I know one situation I acted in fear yeah, because I, I was afraid to lose someone. And, me too. 
Yeah. And I, I should have I should have just let them go. Yeah. Because I would have I would have helped another seven or eight families never right. leave. Right. And I think they would still be there. But yeah, it's kind of funny. We've had a lot of similarities. In yeah, we have. Yeah. You've lost people because of your sense of humor. Yep. I've lost people for my yep. sense of humor. Yep. Um, I've probably hurt some people because not only do I have a sense of humor, but I also have a short fuse sometimes. And you and I are not afraid to confront people. Right. Right. And that's that. And and especially country people. Yeah. They're very non-confrontational yes. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um, We're yeah. the John Wayne kind of. Yeah. 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 That's what Doc Thompson... Yeah. I always felt he was. But in oh, a big city... Yeah. He, God did great work, and he yeah. was in a tough town, yeah. you know. You're in a good place, too, because you're an outdoorsman. Yeah. And you love hunting, fishing, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, and, we and just were able to go to Colorado with some yeah. of our church guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're good at it. So God put you in that place. Yeah. I, I know there have been times when you thought, well, maybe maybe I should be in another place. Yep. But I, I got to be honest, I don't think I could imagine you in another place. <laughs> you just, you fit there and God has blessed you and yeah. it's not been easy. Nobody has it easy. Oh no. If I, it was easy, everybody would want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that I've ever met a pastor that said, oh yeah, my, my whole tenure was <laughs> oh, yeah. just awesome, easy. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's like an outdoor chaise lounge. But I think most carpenters would tell you that right. it's not always easy. Right. right? And right. whatever, any field. But it's just because we love people so much. A carpenter yeah. doesn't love necessarily the people he's building a house for. Right. And he's not trying to keep their soul right. Right. So that's But that's he loves difference. excellence. Yes, he does. And that's what I think we too, because we love Jesus and we love the excellence that he can bring to people. Yeah. That's probably the most disappointing thing, isn't it? When you put your heart, soul, guts, yeah. your your tears, your blood, your sweat, all that into somebody. And they turn around and kick you in the guts. Yeah. That's really difficult. And Sorry. pardon my French there, but it's it's so difficult to see that. But then I realize that when I'm feeling really blue that way, all I got to do is look at any of the Gospels. My Savior mm-hmm. was hanging on a cross yeah. and saying to forgive them. So and that's the, a life challenge. And the disciples that loved him and followed him all died. And some they all pretty, forsook him. Yep. Some pretty yep. tough deaths. Yep. But they did forsake him and fled. Yeah. And we've all had people do that. And I just have tried to love people past their personalities, their problems, right. their pocketbooks, their politics. Yeah. And just love them like the Savior does. But it's yeah. tough at times. It is. And, and as pastors, sometimes we we leave him. Right? Oh, yes. Right? Oh, yeah. And we, we kind of run away a little bit yeah. and hide. And, yeah. You know, Tuck tail and run, we'd COVID say. became an easy way for people to seclude. Oh, yeah. And I've watched people who did that. You know, one of the funny things about country folk is when they're non-confrontational, when there's a challenge, um, our churches face some great challenges. And when they see that challenge and it's, and it's happening, yeah, they don't want to take sides right. on one against the other. Right. So they just step away. Mm. Now, sadly, they did take a side. Yes. But they don't realize that, right. and and to try to help them after the fact usually doesn't work. But, right. but, but it it's it's that's a challenge with with people who are are country folk. They're just yeah. kind of like that quiet. Well, because well, they know they're going to see that person in town, right? Or right. or they're going to see that group of people in town, right? And they and they have been friends, and they have an or out family. of church friendship. Yeah. yeah, that that maybe I don't have. You know, it, it is true. Pastors are often the last one to know. Yeah. I mean, I've been blindsided several times, and I've had guys say, "You're incredibly naive. You, you know, you, you, 
you you accept people way too much. <laughs> you know, if that was on my gravestone, I'd be pleased. Yeah, it won't be because I'm going to decide no. <laughs> what's going to be on there. Uh, I would like Benjamin Franklin. Uh, he loved uh, Benjamin Franklin, author, inventor, printer. And then mm-hmm. underneath his, it says food for worms. <laughs> now, I think on the back side of ours, it could say he loved bacon because bacon. that would be, oh, he loved yeah. Tim's. Double, double. Yeah, right. Yeah, he could put us b- beside each other <laughs> and just put our tombstone double and double. No, dumb and dubber. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. Yeah. Oh, Dave, thank you for your friendship. You're all, welcome, All these man. years. We, Praise we the Lord. don't get to see other, each other yeah. as much as we no, want we to. No, we don't. Yeah. But it's probably better. But at least now, though, it's been, we had been really three years. and yeah, um, At least. And we, we got to see each other twice. This will be yeah. our third time just this fall. Yeah. So Because I stopped in at your place as I went by. Yes, you not did. Not because you drove over here to see me. No, you, you did. And, of course, uh, you know, it was a challenge being able to come into Canada. But, yeah. But, yeah, I look forward to it. And I... I'm really looking forward to being with God's people and seeing some of the men that we've known through the years and being able to fellowship with them. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for being on here. Uh, Tim talks with us. And um, I know it's going to be a blessing to a lot of people. And we look forward to that. So happy Thanksgiving uh, for our American friends. For our American friends. Merry Christmas for everyone. Yes. And sorry about the election. And. You know, I'm not sorry I eat Reese's. <laughs> Actually, Kinder Milk is the best, but that's also more Canadian. Yeah. But, uh, you know, God is in control, and our world is quickly eroding. The King is coming. Mm. The King is coming. Amen. So we just got to be ready, and we got to tell everybody we can. The King mm. is coming. They need to make ready. Yeah, for sure. This is Tim Talks. I'm Al Stone from St. Thomas, Ontario. With me, my good friend, Brother Dave Hansen. Doctor, 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 PhD, master, master, Dave Hansen, chaplain, um, undertaker, basketball referee, <laughs> baseball umpire, umpire yep. uh, custodian. Yeah, we yep, forgot yep, that. Custodian. Yep, yep. And pretty much all around good guy from Roscommon, Michigan, the hot spot in Michigan. Oh, yeah. During the summer. In you the bet. winter, not so hot. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> Very cold. That's right. This is Tim Talks. Hey, next on Friday, Brother Springer's going to be with me. You're going to enjoy him. He's going to tell you a little bit about his massive community in Michigan and uh, get a little more insight. I hope it helped you this week. Have a great day. We'll be back on Friday. This is Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.